1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It was a crazy week 15. That's the only way to describe it right off the bat with the comeback, the greatest comeback in NFL history by the Vikings, putting up massive fantasy numbers, coming back to defeat the Colts, which is the most important thing for us. Not so much there for that middle game with the Ravens and Browns than we had Things light up again for us with the Dolphins' Bills, and it continued into Sunday. A lot of exciting action here. Some disappointments, but mostly positive results here. A lot of uh, running backs coming out of the woodworks to give us big days. The top quarterbacks coming through. A lot of good wide receivers doing what they're supposed to do on the field, so... Pretty good weekend for fantasy overall as we are into the fantasy football playoffs. A lot of leagues, uh, maybe starting them here in week 16, but we're going to get you covered here. It's a big week ahead. We've got games on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day through the night. So we got you covered here. Don't worry. It's the holidays, but it's not a break for us here in lockdown fantasy football. We're going to be with you the whole way. Through the regular season, looking at the playoffs as well. Fantasy football lives on here, and we will keep bringing it to you here on Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first list of the day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. Uh, we will get into the takeaways in a moment. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. Alright, we'll start on the positive note. There were just so many good, exciting performances. So let's uh, talk about those first. Then we'll get into the disappointments. Then we'll close looking at our injury updates here. These are things that didn't go as well. There wasn't too much there, but one notable injury note to Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. So really bummed out if you had him because, again, he got hurt early in that game, the high ankle sprain. He saw Deion Jackson and Zach Moss do the most of the damage. So we'll get into that injury. Let's start with that game, right? Uh, What a game there for Kirk Cousins, coming back 460 and four-second consecutive week for more than 400 yards passing, so Kirk Cousins bringing it. You wanted the negative game script that we did not expect there against the Colts, but you took it, right? I mean, going down 33-0 is awesome, because that means you're going to throw a ton in the second half, but... It really didn't hurt Dalvin Cook, because he got involved in the passing game. Finally, what we want to see, and what did he do? He had the 65-yard touchdown there that helped tie the game. They got the two-point conversion. After that, in regulation, they get the game-winning field goal by Greg Joseph. So Dalvin Cook looked fantastic. His best game, I think, overall all of the season, because they threw to him. He had 95 yards rushing, 95 yards receiving. 21-190-1, and one, the touches, yardage, and scores here for Dalvin Cook. So, what a game for him. He had a touchdown from Adam Thielen in this one. And how about Justin Jefferson? 12 catches on 16 targets, 123 yards, and a touchdown. He was banged up early in that game, really shook it off, came back in, and they threw him like nuts. The other guy that went off in this game... K.J. Osborne, he gets 16 targets as well. 10 catches, 157 yards and a TD. They were missing Kenny Moore, their slot corner. Stefan Gilmore played pretty well in the first half, but then as the game strip became negative, Jefferson Osborne just went off the outside. The guy that didn't really do much was T.J. Hawkinson, but again, they had to spread the field with the 11 personnel. Jefferson on one side, Osborne on the other. Thielen working in the middle. All three guys score as well as... Cook to account for the four touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. So what a way to start the weekend in fantasy football with that uh, offense going off. So especially Cook, Osborne, Jefferson. But Thielen also came through with Cousins having a big, big game. Now the middle game was definitely disappointing. But we did have a standout performance there that uh, we didn't expect again for a second straight week. J.K. Dobbins only 13 rushes in the game for 125 yards. So... He just looks good, and we didn't think he was going to be back at all with the knee injury and the complications. Now, this is two straight weeks where with Tyler Huntley at quarterback, the Ravens have leaned on him quite a bit. So that was really the only exciting notable player there that we had limited performances from the Browns and the other Ravens in that one, and one big disappointment again for Baltimore in that one. But J.K. Dobbins in that middle game on Saturday really Came through nicely with the yardage. He could have used a touchdown to really stamp his day, but he's back as at least an RB two with some upside here. So again, the Vikings' offense kind of knew indoors. If they got behind against the Colts, you'd see it light up. You knew it was a bit of a grinding game, and that's what we got. As the Ravens couldn't manage a touchdown in the game at all and lost thirteen to three in Cleveland with Tyler Huntley just really bringing down the entire. Passing game. Now in the nightcap, you had a pretty good game from uh, Tua Tagovailoa. We didn't really love him, but he got the two touchdowns there—one to Jalen Waddle, one to Tyreek Hill, which is what we want to facilitate things. Jalen Waddle goes off; he gets hundred and. 19 yards in that game, so really good stuff from Waddle and Hill in the snow. The Bills secondary had some issues there. Raheem Mostert, how about him as well? 17 carries, 136 yards. We knew Jeff Wilson Jr. was very shaky to play with that hip injury, so Mostert took advantage of the opportunity. He ran fast, did some work in the passing game as well, used his speed in the open field. So Bills defense pretty vulnerable now with the secondary, and now their linebacker core usually pretty good in continuing the run with Matt Milano. Edmonds covering the backs. Mostert made one move on Milano. That was kind of a fun to watch there. So great yardage game for Mostert, the touchdowns from the Dolphins. And how about on the other side, Josh Allen? He leads the team in rushing. He goes nuts again. So we were really liked him to do that. 304 and four through the air. Very interesting distribution in that game for Josh Allen. It wasn't the usual suspects scoring. You got Naeem Hines. Into the end zone early. Dawson Knox, a second straight big game here, 6.98 and one for Dawson Knox. So Knox scores in two straight games here. He started to get re-involved in the offense, and I think they're getting a little frustrated with Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie struggled with drops. Davis has struggled a little bit separating. He'd had a few nice catches there, but not a big yardage day. And the teams are keying in on Stephon Diggs. They're realizing Davis and McKenzie are limited here, so it's opening things up for players such as Knox, and you saw that. And they're using the backfield more. Not only did Hines score, you also had uh, James Cook score on a short reception as well. So bringing it as Josh Allen, distributing the ball, his buddy Dawson Knox has become a bigger factor. And I, I just wondered why they weren't using him as much. This was a great matchup to use Knox. We liked him in this matchup. We didn't expect 698 and 1, but uh, definitely really good to see. Here from the Bills. So again, offense—that's an explosion. that counts for them. But Josh Allen needed that game. He was uh, fading a little bit among the QB one, still in the top three. But 304 and four plus the rushing production. What a monster performance when you needed it from Allen there. So let's uh, stick with the quarterbacks here as we looked at uh, the things that went off on Saturday night here that we liked. How about that Jalen Hurts? Uh, Sunday was a weird day. 315 yards passing, two interceptions, but. Big games that he feels still for A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. No surprise there. The Bears secondary, not very good. Had Kendall Vildor hurting, then uh, Jalen Johnson was lost, so that was it. It was easy matchups on the outside, but the two interceptions was weird. Thankfully, Jalen Hurts went off in the rushing attack, 61 yards there and three TDs. Miles Sanders, uh, we'll talk about him. Ooh, boy, that was a disappointing performance for sure, but uh, looking at what we got from uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he had to do this. The negative game script also happened. Justin Fields and the Bears looked pretty good. They had a lead early, he had the Fields running all over the place, David Montgomery looked good, scoring touchdowns. So the Bears were manufacturing some offense with their rushing attack with Montgomery Fields, not much else on the field. They didn't have uh, Chase Claypool in the game, and uh, you didn't have uh, Quinn St. say, Brown early after he got hurt. So it was really about... The fields in Montgomery show, Hurts had to answer with a lot of himself on the ground and then throw in easily outside. They didn't activate Dallas Goddard in the game, so maintain the high target volume there for Smith and Brown. So good performance by Jalen Hurts. Not conventional, but that's been the whole season for Hurts. He's going to get it done. Rushing or passing, it doesn't matter. In some games, he's going to get it done both ways. Even with the two picks, with the yardage he adds to the rushing. A great performance here by Jalen Hurts, uh, continuing his MVP run. Joe Burrow, 204 so, interesting numbers there for the Bengals quarterback that usually get more than 300 yards with the four TDs. But Joe Burrow really came through in fantasy. Again, negative game script. It could have happened here with Tampa, but that does set up things for Joe Burrow to lead the comeback. But we also like his distribution, right? He got touchdowns to the main guys. T against Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, of course, all scored TDs here. So that was nice to see for Joe Burrow. Even distribution. No big game from Chase, but uh, Burrow really uh, made sure to uh, distribute and make it well. And the Buccaneers just really with a thin secondary. Jamil Dean was hurting. Sean Murphy Bunting was hurting. Their safeties were a little bit shaky. Joe Burrow picked apart that group, and we saw the four touchdowns. Joe, Joe Burrow keeps ringing fans. A big year for him as a QB1. Tom Brady has been disappointing, but he went three twelve 12 3 in that game. So good situation for Tom Brady there, and he really came through. We also had to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have 83 receiving yards. That's big news when they're back at the level producing, so maybe a get-well game for the Buccaneers' passing game. They get the Cardinals next week, so that's great news here against that weak secondary and limited pass rush. And so Tom Brady, three touchdowns, had the two picks. That'll help the Buccaneers blow that lead and the Bengals come back, maybe a little bit nervous playing against the potential new goat and Joe Burrow the challenger for Patrick Mahomes here. So looking at three twelve and three for Brady, good performance and fancy. We did like him this week based on the fact that they would have a lead, the Bengals, and they would be throwing it. Flipped the other way, but it didn't matter. The volume was still pretty high for Brady because ended up it was a negative game script later because the Bengals pulled away from their big deficit and took the lead there. So That was great to see. Now, let's uh, go back to running back. We had the Dalvin Cook performance. How about Jerick McKinnon? This was incredible. A second straight week where he exploded. Another two touchdowns. He's just being shot out of a cannon. What's happened here? And we're trying to explain this. Isaiah Pacheco has had two straight nice rushing games in a row. But McKinnon, you would think, okay, he's a receiving back. How do they involve him if they're playing from ahead? Well, they didn't play from ahead in this one. They had to trail the Texans and the Broncos so that helped McKinnon's value that was number one number two the matchup was incredible the Texans cannot stop running backs either running or pass catching so that was there and I think what's happened is they were looking for the big play element Marquez Valdez-Scandling has been limited in doing that Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster are working the intermediate part of the field what happened was. Cover two, McKinnon, dump it off to him let, him, let him do things after the catch here. That's what he did, 18 for 122-2 and two in terms of touches and yardage and scores there. So second straight to double here for McKinnon. He just looked good in terms of the speed, getting him in open field. So what you're seeing is, again, they needed someone to replace that Tyreek Hill open field void. Now, I'm not saying McKinnon is the same type of player, but he's got some juice, speed, intermediate, can make things happen after the catch, so that's why you're seeing them unlock him a little bit more here beyond just being a running back there with Pacheco. And we go to Denver, and another great performance for an AFC West back, Latavius Murray. We liked him in this game against the Cardinals after what the Patriots did on the ground. 24 carries, 130 yards on a touchdown. No competition for touches here. Positive game script. Brett Rippon in there, leaning on the running game. Cardinals defensive line hurting without Zach Allen. So you knew everything lined up for Latavius Murray in that game, and he came through. Sometimes he could really disappoint the situation, but at home they gave him the volume. He came through with the production So and even had a catch. So, so good job for Latavius Murray. Ramondre Stevenson probably shouldn't have lateraled the ball because Jacoby Myers then lateraled like nuts and put the Patriots in the position to lose with the Chandler Jones scoop and score there at the end of the game. But you can't fault Stevenson for going. He had the ankle injury, right? We thought, okay, he may not be going. We're worried about him. He was pulled out of the game before. Damian Harris looked like the healthier back with a thigh injury, but guess who was scratched? It was Damien Harris. So we had Ramondre... Take over 19, 172, and one for Ramondre from the rushing perspective. The Raiders' defense uh, again. He got uh, the bulk of the work. He did not disappoint. It was involved in the passing game. So big, big year for Ramondre Stevenson as an RB one this year. As Harris continues to not be able to get on the field, so. It was an up and down roller coaster, right? If you had Ramondre earlier in the week, you're like, "Oh gosh, I'm, I got to get Damian Harris." What if someone else has Damian Harris? They're going to play him. Oh, do I have to get Pierre Strong? Do I have to worry about Kevin Harris? And then it all circled back to Ramondre Stevenson. This is why you got to pay attention to the injury reports late in the week, the progressive to know. And uh, Stevenson ended up being their healthiest back, as we saw a lot. We saw that with the Seahawks situation, where we weren't sure about DJ Dallas and. Kenneth Walker, then it ended up being Travis Homer. So things can change very rapidly when you have multiple injuries at running back. And that's what we saw. So pay attention to late things of the week there. And if you had known Stevenson was good to go by the end of the week, and once Harris was ruled out, I think that was even on Saturday, you knew Stevenson was going to be a fine play for sure. How about uh, Derek Henry? We knew he was going to mash in the Chargers. Uh, but he did a lot through the air as well. And uh, there was a big indication for this. Dontrell Hilliard, we mentioned this On Friday, when we were looking at the injury reports, he was ruled out with a neck injury pretty early. He had a scary injury last week there. And uh, so Derrick Henry was going to get the pass catching work, and they dumped it off to him. The Charters, linebackers, defensive line struggles with that aspect as well. So Derrick Henry, we knew he was going to mash it. 163 and one from scrimmage with a touchdown. So we like that here. For Henry, not a surprise, not slowing down, by the way, folks. If he's getting involved in the passing game and doing his damage that's great. Guess who the Titans get this week? It is the Jarek McKinnon uh, damage. Texans. Oh my gosh. Derrick Henry could be winning fantasy football championships here. 25, 163, and 1. I would not be shocked if he produced that same number or better against the Texans this week with the involvement of passing game. Check on Dr. Hilliard. But Henry, again, very capable of catching back when they use him. Without Hilliard, they're going to do that. Let's look at uh, Tyler Algier. You did have Correll Patterson run pretty well and score. Caleb Huntley, we'll talk about him, got a little bit banged up in that game. So Tyler Algier, 117 or 17 rushes, I'd say 139 yards. So same number as Mostert got filling in for Wilson. Algier pretty much took over the young back roll without Huntley. He goes off here 17 for 139. What happened to the Saints' run defense? Very. Unreliable here, but that's what we saw in decent games from Drake London, Desmond Ritter, so they stuck in there Not a lot of scoring there in that game, but uh, Tyler Algier, the rookie, looks like maybe a keeper with a little bit more explosiveness than we think here As they potentially move on from Patterson next year Travis Etienne did lose a fumble, but 19 carries 103 yards, but also nice to see two catches for 24 in the middle of all that With the receivers going off there for the Jaguars in that game Etienne looked good, so good that he's back on track Tough matchup this week against the Jets, but at the end, he's getting involved in the passing game and running well again. James Conner, we knew with the Cardinals uh, down uh, down two quarterbacks. Cole McCoy was concussed in the game. They were going to lean a lot on James Conner, even without Kyler Murray. They did 19, carries nineteen ninety-one 91 yards on TD. So he's scoring again at regular rate. He's the lifeblood of their offense. He's healthy, so all that good stuff here for James Conner. How about Brian Robinson Jr.? Not much of Antonio Gibson there. He was mainly having a spark in the return game but 13 carries there 107 yards, uh, 13 touches, I should say. One of them was a catch, but 107 yards from scrimmage for Brian Robinson against the Giants. So we, we expected maybe a little bit more because the Giants' run defense was so bad, but that's what we saw there. And how about Royce Freeman? Royce Freeman, yeah, he resurfaced to the Texans. Not a lot from Rex Burkhead or Dare Ogunbowale. So they had Freeman here with uh, David Pierce going on. Injured reserve with the ankle, he ends up with 11 carries for 51, so something to watch there. Let's look at Deontay Johnson, 10 for 98 as we pivot to wide receivers. Remember all that talk about Deontay Johnson wanting Mason Rudolph? So go figure, Mitchell Trubisky starts, Trubisky has only eyes for Deontay. 10 catches, 98 yards, again, not spectacular. You want a little bit more v- production with those uh, 10 catches and a potential for a touchdown, but still solid game for Deontay when we were not getting much how about Zay Jones in that Jaguars game? We talking about Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence going off big time again in that game. So Etienne, Lawrence, yeah, Zay Jones, six catches, 109 yards. The Cowboys defense looked terrible. Three TDs for him. Marvin Jones got in the end zone. Evan Ingram, not a big day that we were going to duplicate from the Titans game, but he has a nice yardage and catch day to be startable as a Titan. One, Christian Kirk. Lesser numbers, but still came through a little bit with our props. So, what a performance by that offense. Lawrence, Etienne, the receivers, uh, the tight end. Everything was clicking. Jaguars were trailing big. They were up big. It was just going up and down here with the Jaguars production. But Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, this offense, legit. Offensive line, good. Good weapons. So, much like the underrated version of Detroit. Unfortunately, they were disappointing against the Lions just a couple weeks ago. But something to watch there. Good performance there with Zay Jones. Again, not fluky. The Cowboys have really struggled on the outside with uh, Kelvin Joseph having to play. Tremend Diggs is a boomer bust type cover corner. So not fluky. So player number two wide receiver. So I love, really love Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. This week, speaking of Brown, Noah Brown and the Cowboys. Six for 49 and two. So all the stock, they made T.Y. in active. They're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. They just had James Washington back, Michael Gallup involved. Guess who goes off with CeeDee Lamb? It is Noah Brown. So there's some chemistry there, but it's going to be hard again. these number two options behind CeeDee Lamb, hard to project there. CeeDee Lamb has a 100-yard game in that one as well. So yeah. we'll see if Noah Brown is the guy who merges. They're a bit fluky here. Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Travis Kelsey looked pretty good in that game, catching with volume, multiple catches at double digits here. 10 for 88 for Juju. So he's the possession guy working against the cover two. We liked him and Kelsey. They came through against the Texans. How about Jahan Dotson in that night game? 4 for 105. So he was really feeling it with Taylor Heineke, the leading receiver over Terry McLaurin, who was bottled up. The Giants really made a point to not let him beat them. And Curtis Samuel dropped that uh, touchdown near the end of the game, which was probably pass interference uh, by Darnay Holmes, the defensive back. For the Giants, Joanne Johnson returned from his ankle injury, 4-67-2. So good chemistry with Andy Dalton. Good matchup against the Falcons. Came through there with the two scores. Unfortunately, came at the expense of Chris who Only had 53 yards and did not hit our prize picks. Projection, and how about Darren Waller returning? Yeah, Darren Waller returned. He did something. 3-48-1 for Darren Waller. So good for Darren Waller. Taking over. No Hunter Renfro quite back yet. They really uh, shut down Devontae Adams, so... Shockingly, they went to uh, the Patriots uh, matchup to take away the best player. It opened things up for the Raiders and Waller. So Waller three forty eight 48 one on a good game by Derek Carr with three touchdowns, including the game winner to uh, Keelan Cole in that one. But uh, Darren Waller coming through as well in that uh, matchup for the Raiders against the Patriots. So good stuff there all around. So that was a busy look at the positives. We have less negatives to think about here in our second segment on Locked On Fantasy Football. These are the disappointing performances of the day that we'll get to here on the show. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And Look, we can have uh, some things in our head that we need to uh, get right in our lives, and uh, really, it's all about problem solving, and sometimes we need help with that. It's a situation where there's someone there to uh, get us through this, and uh, BetterHelp is gonna get you there. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer for you. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com by using the promo code LOCKEDON. It's BetterHelp.com slash LOCKEDON there. So, yeah, we just need a roadmap when we're lost to uh, get where we want, uh, unclog ourselves, uh, get rewired. And uh, BetterHelp is going to have the therapist there that uh, you can find online. You can find the right fit for you. And if uh, not, you can easily switch therapists there and uh, find a better fit here. So, really do recommend BetterHelp. It's the affordable way to get therapy, the online way to do it. It's uh, cheaper than traditional uh, in-person therapy, and it's also more convenient. Uh, No waiting in office rooms. Uh, You can get your help that you need there in a convenient way, and if it's not working out with your therapist, you can always switch therapists. So again, go to betterhelp.com and Go slash locked on, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's a better help, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football, as we mentioned at the top, is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. This day's every New potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, it, it's hard uh, this modern times here. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified cans available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's very easy to create a job, you can do it in minutes there, you just uh, add all the details. So easy to do, and again, this is the way you can connect with people faster. And uh, LinkedIn Jobs are going to help you get there. And all you have to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Again, small teams need that support. LinkedIn Jobs is going to be an extra team on your side for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash That's linkedin.com slash to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, we will uh, continue the show here at Locked On Fantasy Football in a moment. Uh, Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On Steak of the Day. Locked On Sports Today, available on the YouTube, like this show, and wherever you get your podcasts, like Locked On Fantasy Football as well. All right, let's get into the disappointing performances here of week 15, we'll get into the injuries, though. Those are the most disappointing. Justin Herbert, we'll get going with him. 313 yards, so that was our price projection. They were going to go well past 290. He did that, but two interceptions. We didn't uh, get the touchdowns there. Interesting game, low-scoring game. We thought the Chargers would light them up a little bit, but they actually get two rushing touchdowns. Go figure in a really tough rushing matchup. You had Austin Eckler and... Joshua Kelly scored that game. So we didn't have the big game expected. It was kind of a grindy game. Titans didn't offer much resistance other than Derrick Henry. So it was like a slow battle of attrition. The Chargers offense wasn't on the field quite a bit. So 313, an empty set for Herbert with no touchdowns. It was just a bummer. It is really hard to accept that. Herbert's had some of these games, right, where he throws for 300 yards and limited uh, or volume and uh, it's very interesting that the production did not come with touchdowns. So if he had a touchdown, if he ran a little bit, it would have been a fine day, but it didn't happen here. So at least the yardage was there. Again, no consolation here. He just didn't perform in relation to Allen Hurts, Burrow, some of those other quarterbacks were really relied upon this week. So you look at uh, Zonovan Bam Night. This was not good for him at all. Michael Carter looked pretty good in that game. 13 carries, 23 yards. They couldn't get him against going against that Lions run defense, so it's gotten a little bit better, but not that much better. He was getting involved in the passing game, which did not happen at all here, with Zach Wilson. So really the Zach Wilson thing was not good for anybody other than Garrett Wilson playing, because Garrett Wilson is kind of matchup-proof at this point and quarterback-proof, but Zaman Knight is not. He's an undrafted rookie running back. They needed a little bit of positivity with the game script. That never happened. Yeah, there was an even game for much of it. Uh, they did uh, get the lead late, but then they gave up a long touchdown to Brock Wright. And their defense was just uh, demolished there late in the game in a bad situation. Robert Sala couldn't be happy about that, but not happy about Zoniman. Bam! night, 13 carries, 23 yards. Very disappointing. There was actually a worse running game. It was the Panthers. What about that one? I mean, you had Najee Harris running all over them on the other side. The Panthers, however, their running backs, Chuba Herbert. And Dr. Foreman combined 14 carries, 19 yards, 19 yards. And Hubbard at least salvages day a little bit with some work in the passing game, getting to close to 60 yards. But Foreman wasn't getting that. I figured this is what was going to happen, right? The Panthers went off there against the Seahawks last week. Save of a run defense. The Steelers are going to notice that. They got T.J. Watt back. They're going to say, okay, beat us Sam Darnold, and that's what happened here, and Sam Darnold couldn't beat them. He had one TD pass early to DJ Moore, but really a shutdown performance by that Steelers defense, more of a vintage stopping the run situation here. And the Panthers did have some success throwing on the outside, but not enough there. So they made Sam Darnold beat him, and he could not in that game. Joe Mixon was disappointing. We talked about all the players who went off and scored in that game against the Buccaneers but only 16 touches for 54 yards for Mixon splitting still a little bit with Samaje Ryan. not like a split committee type situation but definitely getting close to the 60-40 type deal but maybe preserving Mixon a little bit also the game script was negative so that was not good for Mixon as well as the matchup still not being great even though Vitavea the big uh, defensive tackle was not in there for the Bucks, they still played the run pretty defense, def- decently and then They were just happy there, this grinding, low-scoring game that uh, they just went to borrow and trusted him to work them out of it with the passing game. That's kind of what happened with Joe Mixon taking a back burner in that one. Disappointing wide receivers of the week, uh, definitely Jacoby Myers. I mean, he played against the Raiders. You thought, okay, Jacoby's in business here. He's going to be the leading receiver, which he was, 2 for 47. No, Devontae Parker this one, and he lost a fumble on that bad lateral play. So not only did he just have two catches for 47, he lost some points for... The minus two there with the fumble, with the lateral nonsense to Chandler Jones. So, Jacoby Myers, ugh, I don't know if he's going to be back at the Patriots. The Patriots need to reboot this room. Parker and Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton might be the keeper as a rookie, but they need to get a legitimate number one receiver. Thankfully, there's players like Keyshawn Boot and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba that could go after, uh, as well as Quinton Johnson in the draft. They need to get one of these guys, of course. Their track record of drafting first-round wide receivers is not great, so... Let's hope it's a little bit better next year. See, we thought Chris Moore was going to have a big game. He started out hot against the Chiefs, but then he cooled off 4-for-42. So, unfortunately, the Texans played with the lead for a lot of the game, and it was even, so they didn't have to force-feed the ball downfield with Dave Smills and uh, Jeff Driscoll. So, Chris Moore, again, disappointed he had the hot week there I thought it was going to be very similar in garbage time. The Chiefs didn't kind of provide the garbage time in this one. So game scripts are something you cannot always predict, and that definitely was the case in that game. George Pickens, 2 for 54. We knew that uh, with Mitchell Trubisky, that was going to hurt his connection there with Kenny Pickett. Go figure. Again, Deontay Johnson calling for Mason Rudolph. He's the one who gets the ball from Trubisky. Pickens didn't make one nice catch, but they shifted J.C. Horn to him, which was not helpful, and then uh, that was – very helpful with C.J. Henderson going down to open things up for one. Uh, Deontay Johnson on the other side. Devontae Adams, what a disappointment here. Four for 26. Now, we knew the Patriots were going to take away one thing away from the Raiders. We thought it might be the running game with Josh Jacobs. No, it intends to be Devontae Adams. So they took him out of the game. Four for 26. That's why way the Darren Waller touchdown. That's why other things developed. So this is kind of early in the season. Adams is on a heater, but... Go figure, uh, the Raiders win a game, Carr plays pretty well, and Adams does not come through here. So product of this matchup for sure with Belichick. A tight end became the most disappointing performances. Another clunker from Mark Andrews, 3-for-31. We want to play, and we know that situation could get better, but did not get better against the Browns, so hopefully it'll get a little bit more favorable this week. Pat Freermuth uh, blanked. He had the foot injury coming in. He played, he was active, all that good stuff. Didn't see any work here from Mitchell Trubisky, who's not... Throwing to the tight end much, and we saw that uh, in Chicago as well. Dalton Schultz, 2 for 15. This was without Jake Ferguson, who was concussed. But unfortunately, Peyton Hendershot caught a touchdown pass, the rookie. So Dalton Schultz, uh, very quiet here. I think they're phasing him out slowly. So I think they like the combination of Hendershot and Ferguson. Look to Hendershot in the red zone with Dak Prescott. And Hunter Henry, I thought he was going to do a little bit more with the no Devontae Parker and the matchup. Only two catches for nine yards, so they actually involved Joni Smith more for the Patriots this week. So there you have it. There's a look at the disappointing performances, and really, honestly, folks, to not have that much here is great. I mean, the biggest disappointments came by the injury, and we'll break that down for you in the final segment here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Before we do that, uh, we were excited about our prize picks picks of the week. We just missed Chris Olave, but we hit a lot of our good ones, Justin Fields and the rushing yards. Miles Sanders was... Definitely a disappointment there. That was the biggest takeaway where Jalen Hurts running the negative game script did not help the usage of Sanders in that game at all. So he was a bit disappointing. We did hit uh, on uh, our buddy Justin Herbert with the yardage uh, there with our price tricks projection. Uh, Andy Dalton and a lot of let us down a little bit in that game with uh, the yard just a little bit shy of what we were looking for there but overall pretty good week especially when you look at Najee Harris and what he was able to do with Derrick Henry with the high totals still coming through there so we like that and we're going to be excited to play prize picks again in week 16 of the rest of the season here three weeks left into the playoffs so it's very easy to get on prize picks there it's daily fantasy made easy it's you just uh, look at the uh, what the player projections are, you just pick a player to go more or less than those projections up at prize picks that are available. You pick two to six players, they score more or less than that. You can win up to ten times your money on any entry. It's no competing against other players. It's just you versus projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, all that good stuff. The World Cup just ended. Congratulations to Argentina over France. We have that action as well. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals you can expect from PriceFix. And PricePix is currently operational in more than 30 states of Canada. Download the PriceFix app or go to PriceFix.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match of $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PriceFix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PriceFix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for instant deposit match up to $100 at pricefix.com.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, it is uh, time to close the show on Locked On Fantasy Football. I'm going to run through some of the injuries that we had. Colt McCoy, at quarterback, was uh, not a guy we were starting, but it really dragged down the Cardinals' offense even more. We did like Marquise Brown. DeAndre Hopkins was contained. That's why of the James Conner thing. Trace McSorley, you replaced him. So we'll see he goes Sunday night. Uh, if he's not cleared, McCoy, he does get a full week here. Not cleared. With that concussion, uh, you're going to have McSorley or maybe someone off the street starting here because Kyler Murray, we know, down for the season with a knee injury. So bummer there for that Cardinals uh, passing attack. ...as they lose quarterbacks. Here, Ryan Tannehill, we'll see about the ankle injury. He looks like he's going to play against the Texans. Keep in mind, the first matchup, he missed. And they used Malik Willis, and they had this run-crazy offense here. So, something to watch. He did come back and finish the game here. I thought he was done when he was carted off the field. I said, oh boy, it's going to be Malik Willis' show. But then he came back, probably knowing that the Titans needed to win. His job was slipping here. And Willis could have replaced him. So, maybe a little bit of motivation for Tannehill to return... Caleb Huntley, an ankle injury. He wasn't needed too much with Algier and Quarterback Patterson going off for the Falcons against the Saints. Jonathan Taylor, injured on the first or second play of the game. Really not good here. When you look at it, Taylor had the one productive play, but then he was out, and then he saw the guys, Deion Jackson and Zach Moss replace him and do well. So that's what might have been here for Jonathan Taylor. If they had Taylor, maybe they would have closed out the game against the Vikings with him uh, running in the second half and high ankle sprain. Probably gonna end up on injured reserve, much like Damian Pierce uh, suffered that injury last week. So he's probably done here, and uh, don't count on Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the fantasy football playoffs. And now uh, the Deion Jackson situation clouded a little bit more with Zach Moss being involved. It in. wide receiver, we go back to Thursday. The big one is Tyler Lockett fractured his finger, so probably gonna miss this great matchup against the Chiefs this week in Week 16 the fantasy football playoffs. So really disappointing there. So DK Metcalf, fire him up, should have a bigger role this week as well as Marquise Goodwin in the matchup against the Chiefs. Now, the Jaguars had a lot of good vibes with their offense, but Cam Robinson got hurt in that game. The injury, very talented uh, pass protector. We'll see how that affects them this week against the Jaguars, their left tackle. So something to look at there. The Bengals, Tom Brady was a little bit more comfortable. There was no Trey Hendrickson in that game. He had a wrist injury and missed it. Now you have Sam Hubbard hurt with a calf injury. So this could help uh, Mac Jones, but the Mac Jones didn't look great against the Raiders this week. Uh, the Bengals playing the Patriots here coming up. So those are really those notable injuries. Not a lot there to think about. Jack Sanborn was killing an IDP, replacing uh, Roquan Smith for the Bears. He got hurt, unfortunately, against the Eagles. Looked like a great game to rack up tackles there. C.J. Henderson was a big one, so he attacked there. That's going to be good this week, folks, because J.C. Horn on the outside. Probably going to see a bit of a DJ Chark, so that could open things up for Jameson Williams this week. So something to look at there. And uh, Titans lost a couple more corners. Josh Thompson, Terrence Mitchell. Wasn't a big game for either Keen Allen or Mike Williams, but you know, Texans next week, so maybe a good rebound spot for Chris Moore there to uh, do some damage and garbage time. Jalen Johnson being a key injury for the Bears in the second year. That's where so saw the two Eagles receivers go off. So, Some uh, things going forward to look at there. And uh, Cam Taylor Britt, another injury for the Bengals. He was the guy filling in for Chidubi Ouzier, the rookie from Nebraska. He got hurt there as well. So some injuries there defensively that uh, can have some impact on fantasy football there going forward. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of your key takeaways, your uh, positive performances, your negative performances, what they mean, how they came about. And then uh, what we're looking at with the injuries and how they're going to affect fantasy football going forward. In the playoffs. So good way to start the week here Locked on Fantasy Football. Again, we'll bring it to you all week this week. You no know, days off. I know it's a big weekend with Christmas Eve and Christmas Day games, as well as Thursday night with the Jaguars and Jets. So we're going to have all the analysis you need. We're going to have a regular week. We'll do Pickup Tuesday there and uh, give you the waiver wire analysis you need. And then we'll do a double shot of uh, matchups there. Matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday. Look at the quarterbacks and running backs first, and then wide receivers tight in streaming defenses. Then we'll come back. It's a good time to get in on um, DFS, prize picks, FanDuel uh, DraftKings, all that good stuff here with the season's ending and a chance to add a little bit more to our fantasy football fun here down the stretch. So good stuff everywhere. Thanks for making On Fantasy Football your first little day. Now make Lockdown Sports Today your second lesson. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Good luck if you need something in the Packers-Rams game tonight to win your fantasy football matchup, and we'll catch you tomorrow with way more advice for Week 16 on Pickup Tuesday.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.